Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman. I am your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman. How are you this morning, Marion? I'm great. How are you today, Mark? Good. It is it is morning, actually, when we're doing this taping, and it snowed out last night, too, didn't it? Yes, but you're going to warmer climate. I am, I am heading off to warmer climate, so I'm looking forward to that because it was a little wet and slushy today. Yeah, it was kind of nasty, and it was still like a little, um, I don't know, flurries this morning as I'm driving in, which just makes the driving really lousy. Yeah, it makes cars look really yucky. Their cars are filthy, right? And I just got it washed, and it's going to be That's right, because you got your car serviced, and you picked it up a couple days ago. I washed it. It was so nice and clean. Not anymore. Nope. Not anymore. Well, Short-lived. Well, the past week, uh, past couple weeks, and this upcoming week, um, a lot of students are returning back to college for the second semester of whatever year they're in in college. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and and we also, this is the uh, weeks where we begin to announce our scholarship that we offer at Friedman Financial. That's right. I hope we get a lot of applications this year. Me too. We, you know, this, I think our, might be our 24th or 25th year doing this. Well, I think the, I, I think the first one was in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe Yeah, that you're right. Was, 2020 was the first. Uh, no, 2000, not 20, 2000. I'm sorry, 2000. 2000. I always get that yeah. wrong. So yeah, we're at 20, 2000. 2000 this so must this be 24, will be 25. 25, right? because if you include 2000, yeah. 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 Um, so what we do, for those of you that are listening, if you're interested, if you have a graduate, a, a student that is graduating high school this May, June, whenever you, your student graduates high school, and has plans on going to some type of further education, whether it may be to a trade school, whether it's to a college, whether it's to a university, whatever it is, they are eligible for a $2,000 scholarship that we offer. Not bad. It'll buy some books for you. Hey, well, do people did, buy books? I, I, you know, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that. I'm not even sure. I, I don't know that you buy books anymore, Mary. Right, but you know. It, it may it, pay for a laptop. I was going to say, it will pay for a laptop. <laughs> yeah, so the way our scholarship works, it's open to anybody and everybody. Um, and it is not, not needs-based. So let's tell you, let me tell you how you apply for this thing. If you want, you can go to our website and learn more about it, friedmanfinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. Or uh, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, you'll see that the next few weeks. There'll be a button there so you can download the application. You can find that newsletter by going to our website, bottom of the page, putting in your name and email address, and you'll get that. But here's what you need to do to qualify. You need to be, of course, a graduating senior this year. And you'll have to do three parts to our application. Number one is you got to provide us with a college, uh, a high school transcript. Number two is you provide us with information surrounding extracurricular activities that you do. Maybe you play in a sports team. Maybe you're in a social club. Uh, maybe you have, maybe you work. Maybe you're uh, fill in, maybe you um, volunteered your time. All of those types of great things to really create the help us understand the nuances and character that you are. But the third and most important part, and it, re- and it reflects 50% of the waiting, is your answer to this one question. It's a 500-word essay answering this question, what does financial responsibility mean to you? 
We've got some pretty good answers in the past, haven't we? We really have. And just so you know, Mark and I are not involved in selecting the winner. That's right. So we don't know, but we do read the essays after the fact. So who is responsible? So we actually ask our client base who would like to participate in evaluating these applications. So that it's, you know, and and we also um, preclude anyone who has a child or grandchild applying for the application to be part of that committee. But we have a committee of people who just, they don't know who these kids are. Because we do black out their names and everything. We have no connection to that. Yeah, so we, we try to, any identifying information we will black out. Um, and we have them, you know, read the essays, evaluate the, the students, and rank each one of them. And if you're interested, I mean, you can go to our website, and you can see a history of a lot of the essays that have won, because one of the rewards that the person gets, if you want to call it a reward, besides the $2,000 check, um, is the opportunity to share their essay with um, our readers and people that uh, check in on Friedman Financial. And I think we need to tell them what the essay is about. Well, I did. I told did you? you. Financial advice, in, I mean, not financial advice in a language you can understand, is what does financial responsibility mean to you? That's the answer. That's the question that they are answering uh, for the essay. Right. Um, by the way, all of the other people that do apply, even though you don't win the money, everybody gets a gift. And our gift, as of recently, um, is this book that we've been talking about on our podcast for close to six months now. It's a book written by Morgan Housel called The Psychology of Money. It's one of the easiest books about money that you could ever read that really talks about, not about individual stocks and bonds or anything like that, but how to be thoughtful when you think about money. And spending your money, saving your money. He's actually a fantastic writer and writes also, I think, in a language you can understand. He does. And he has another book um, that's out just recently called... Same as Ever. Same as Ever. Yeah, that's that's it. Same as Ever. Um, So one of the things we thought we'd talk about today with colleges going back, there was an interesting story that was written by a friend of ours, Doug Belkin, who is a writer for the Wall Street Journal. It became a very popular essay um, this past Saturday. And the title of the essay is Why Americans Have Lost Faith in the Value of College. And where there is so much pressure on students right now at the high school level to get better grades, to position themselves better for this very competitive environment of getting into college. And getting into a top college. Right. You have to ask yourself, is it worth it? That's right. And, you know, remember, college costs have increased astronomically yeah. um, since, we were, since we went to school. Yeah, you know, um, and so part of what we do at our job is, is part of financial planning is trying to help parents try to figure out how are they are going to help in the costs of paying for their kids to go to college. Absolutely. If, and, you know, the question then comes up, and I know... For many, many years, it's always just been assumed that you would go to college. And a college degree, although um, maybe it didn't position you absolutely to get a particular job, um, it depends on your major. However, it was necessary to get almost any job if it seemed to be over at a certain point in time. Now, um, people are starting to question that. Given that the increased cost of college, is it worth $80,000 to send your child, you know, tuition, room, and board at a private school? Yeah, you know, back in 1965, 1965, according to this story written by Doug, um, it says it marked the birth 
of when college for all, when we really needed to send everybody to college, it was 1965. And then when the pandemic came around, it kind of marked the time when we said, does college for all really make sense? And I think by sending all those students home and trying to educate them remotely, um, I, I think everyone started to question the value of being at a school uh, and you know getting a college education. Well, think about what happened, you know, and we as we headed into the 80s and the 90s, 70s through 90s, really. Um, there used to be vocational programs at school. You used to have to take home ec, right? You That's have to right. take a metal class, a woodworking class, a draftsman class, a cooking class, a sewing class, all of those things. You know what? We took typing skills. We did too. F, F, F space, G, G, G space. Yeah. <laughs> the quick brown fox jumps yep. over the lazy, lazy dog. dog. That's right. <laughs> that would cover every letter. And, and right, you had to do that stuff, right? Yes. But a lot of those courses were scrapped those vocational courses were scrapped in favor of college preparatory classes in fact i remember when i was in high school and i graduated in 1984 from high school there used to be a business program where you could take accounting and you could take bookkeeping and things like that but those courses were reserved for people that were in what are called level three and level four they weren't going off to college right Right. This is like we were giving you some real life skills right now so you could find a job because you weren't going to college. That's right. And, you know, um, my father actually was a shop teacher. Mm -hmm. I mean, shop was a requirement for Absolutely. He was in middle school. And, you know, it was a requirement at that time. And you could go all the way through and get some skills. I mean, you could go to a vocational high school from the middle school, junior high school at the time. But, you know, you could go to a vocational school and develop those skills if you were interested in, in carpentry or you know auto mechanics, things like that. And it was a great opportunity. Well, think about this. I mean, your kids today, kids graduating high school, graduating college, how many of them know how to change a tire? Oh. <laughs> or how to cut their lawn, or how to do some basic woodworking skills at home, how to fill a hole in a wall, you know, yeah. how to cook, how to sew, how to sew a button, or what a hemline drops or something. How do you, do they know how to do any of that stuff? No, <coughs> no. I mean, so many people just don't, and they hire people to do it for them because they just don't even know the first thing about it. So it was, so the world of college, where we all thought you have to go to college because to me, I went to college, and at least when I was told by my parents, why did you go to college, Marion? Because my father said, you're going to college. There was never a question. The whole time I grew up, I mean, it was just a given. You are going to college. Right. Now, there are certain generations of people that didn't have those means and those abilities, and they had to go to work. But for the vast majority of the circle of people that I think that we've associated ourselves with, yep. the, the bubble that we've lived in, it was but, you're going to college. Well, I will say, so my father was the first and only um, member of his family at that generation. So he has four, he had four siblings. Um, he was the only one that went to college and he only went to college because he had the GI Bill after he fought in World War II. When he came back, he went to college on the GI Bill. So it was all paid for for him. Right. And that's why he went to college. But, you know, when, so when we were growing up, it was always, you're going to college. Well, I, I know I went to college and everybody else in my and family went to college go? to get a job. So that when I graduate, I walk out of there and I'm making money and getting a job because 
there was, you know, I, I joke about this thing with financial literacy and going into classrooms and talking to kids. But when I was in high school, if someone said to me, when you turn 18 and you've either graduated high school or perhaps you go off to college and then you graduate high school, how many of you in the room plan to move out into an apartment or live on your own? 100%. Every hand in the room would go me up. Me too. Right? <laughs> yep. You ask that question today in a high school or even a college for that matter. How many hands go up? Very few. Well, they got, you know, the kids today have a good deal living at home. Right. Who's going to do my laundry? And they're going to say, well, it's too expensive to live on my own. Well, yes, there's no question about it. Is it, it is expensive to live on your own. But there are certain majors that lead to better jobs. If you wanted to go to school to be an, an education for, I mean, a, a, for an, as an art history major, what's the likelihood that you're going to walk out of school with a job that's going to help you pay your expenses? So just so you know, I, well, you do know, but I was a French major. Right. Did I have, and unless you wanted to be a teacher, a French teacher at that time, there were no jobs necessarily for French majors. There might have been a couple here or there, but they were few and far between. It was, it was a struggle right. to find something to do. Well, you know, part of the story that Doug had written was why Americans have lost faith in the value of college is that you used to go to college to gain skill sets. Right. And so when, you, when a student graduates college, and we've had this question when people have come in to interview here in our office, and they've wanted to look for a job here, I said, well, tell me about some of the skill sets that you've been able to develop in college that you could apply right now in my office. And they look at me with this deer in the headlight stare, like, well, I thought you were gonna train me. Yeah. Well, I will train you, but what are the basic skills that you've learned? Computer skills. And and some of them don't even have that unless Whether they've well, you know, unless they've been in a business program. Right. right? Or, or depending I mean, of course it matters in what field you were in, right. but if you were an English major and you're gonna walk into an office and say, Hey, I'd like to work at Friedman Financial or an art history major. You're just applying for a job with hopes that I'll train you how to do that. What skills do you bring? Yeah. Do you know how to use Excel? Do you know how to use, um, a, a, you know, yeah. word processing, a PowerPoint? Can you speak on your own? How well can you articulate? Exactly. How, what's your critical thinking skills? How well do you integrate with people? Do you realize that everybody has a different opinion on things and there's a rational way to talk to folks to make everybody feel included? And right. that's another issue that's shown up on the college campus these days too. Absolutely, and and I, you know, Doug is in this article. He's pointed out the fact that twenty twenty with COVID um, started that questioning, but more recently, because of all of the campus activities surrounding political correctness and all. Um, you know, it has really come to a head. And I think a lot more people are questioning the value of going, even going to certain schools because they feel like, you know, there's just not the diversity there. There's not the safety measure for college students either, um, that the kids are protected at the school. Yeah, so it's while it's tough to get into a school because it's so competitive, I thought this statement that comes out of Doug's article were very interesting. Students spend... Today, students spend about half as much time studying and attending classes as their counterparts did in the 60s. But they are three times more likely to earn an A, now the most common grade in colleges across the country. Which is shocking, but... Well, to me, I guess 
if you look at the way the public schools have operated, my kids would go to school. You know, my kids did well in school, but you know, a lot of kids, they'd, they'd go to class, they'd take a test, they get a B minus. And the teacher would go, oh, would you like to take that test again? <laughs> How, did that happen? That just, oh, that was that not allowed never. when you were a kid, no, right? No, of course not. You, you just didn't do that. I mean, unless you were, you know, critically ill. Uh, or some, you know, some right, of course. horrible but thing But the, the problem happened, is, is these no. kids are walking out with A's, great grade point averages, so that they can supposedly look good on a resume, yet a quarter of college graduates, according to um, administrators at the SAT, say that um, college gra- a quarter of college graduates don't have basic skills in numeracy, and one in five don't have basic skills in literacy. Which These are kids shocking. that are graduating yep. college. Yes. And so they're spending money for that. Well, the, the colleges now have significant numbers of tutors on the, you know, that the college supports and pays for. That was unheard of when I went to college. So another line that I loved from this article, and you can download this article. It's why Americans have lost faith in the value of college. One of the biggest reasons that kids are getting great grades, yet are ill-prepared when they get into the workforce, get this. Um, this transactional attitude that's, ha- that's happened at colleges, there has been a sharp increase in cheating. College is one of the few products where consumers try to get as little out of it as possible, <laughs> yeah. but its market value is tied to the credential, not to the education that it's meant to represent. Absolutely, and if somebody looks, first of all, it's only getting your first job that co- the college matters, right? Right. And and you can come out, you say, okay, I got a degree from whatever college it might be. Um, you have that degree in hand. They don't ask you what your uh, grade point average is typically. Right. They don't ask to see your transcript. And even if they did, they'd see all these A's. But what does that mean? Well, the big joke used to be is if you went to Harvard and you had a Harvard certificate, nobody knew whether you graduated number one in the class or at the bottom of the barrel in the class. If you had that Harvard degree, you had the Harvard degree. Well, I will tell you that um, uh, a, a very good friend of mine went to Harvard and told me that the hardest thing about Harvard was getting in. Yeah. Now, that's... You cannot get kicked out of Harvard. That, <laughs> so, and, and they always used to say about Harvard, it was a gentleman's bee that you got, you know, if you didn't do great mm-hmm. in the class. So it never, it was never C, D, or F. Uh, but on the other hand, I do know people that have worked very hard at Harvard as well. So I don't want to don't want to color it with a you right, know, but, broad brush. But, but think but about this: with the cost, what, and it is expensive to go to college. And all that we're asking people to think right. about is you begin to guide your child, and they want to try to do something that's a little bit different. If they're not quite ready for college yet, they're looking to explore. They're looking to do something different. Take this statistic for what it's worth: a hundred random freshmen enrolling in college today. Just take a random group of a hundred. 40 of them will not graduate. So you've laid out all this money and they don't even walk out with a degree. Of the remaining six that earn a degree in six years, not four years, in six years, because they've stretched it out, took their time. So you've paid actually 50% more for college tuition than you even initially thought you were gonna pay. 20%, 20 of them will end up chronically underemployed. In other words, for every five students who enroll in a four-year college, only two will graduate and find a job based on their degree. Well, you know what, and and that is so true. And even if they do find a job based on their degree, I'm not sure if you looked at them 20 years down the road, 
are they doing anything that has to do with that degree at that point? And, and I actually believe, yeah, and, and I actually believe for many kids, it's the parents that are worried about saying, the stigma of saying my kid didn't go to a college. Right. Or my kid only went to a state college. And I'm saying, what is wrong with the state college? I, I will, you, Honestly, right? I mean, the state colleges are fantastic at preparing students to be teachers in the state. Right. Uh, you know, oh, absolutely. I mean, why would you go anywhere else if you want to be a teacher in Massachusetts? Why wouldn't you go? Well, to great example. State? So my daughter Alana right. went to the University of Rhode Island. Right. Right. Yep. She wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Why? Why wasn't I informed by the guidance counselors to say, look, if Alana wants to be a teacher, send her to a state school in Massachusetts? Because right. what Alana learned after graduating from URI that she was not being prepared to take the MTELs. She had to start all of that, learn all of that on her own. Right. And then when she realized soon about what her salary would be as a teacher, she said, forget it. And the sad sad or good, whatever you want to call it, Alana is happily employed as a server at Smith & Walensky in Burlington, making almost twice as much as what she would make as a teacher in the first five years of her career. Yeah. It, it's just amazing, isn't it, what, how that works? I mean, it, it's crazy to think about that. Uh, but you know what? I guess that's the point of this whole article and, and of what we're trying to say. You, you need to take a hard look. And again, the kids don't understand, I don't think anyways, when they're graduating high school, they want to go to a prestigious college or they want to go to a college that they saw that looks like fun or whatever it might be. But you have to look very hard at whether or not that's going to get you to where you want to be in four years, number one. And if it does get you to where you want to be, is it worth it? Is it worth paying $85,000 a year for college to graduate and get a $40,000 a year job. No, and, and you know, look, if you if you study in some of the, um, in the curriculum of business, engineering, computer science. And, and we have success it, stories with our children. Right, plenty of success there, and the yeah. pay is pretty good. Absolutely. Right, your kids want to go to college at $70,000 or $80,000 a year in the performing arts? Do you, I mean, what what's their expectation when they get out to yeah. continue to pay for a master's program in that or or hope they land a job on Broadway? Uh, Again, it's, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, you have to critically look at that and say, is it worth it? And that's why the emergence, you're seeing it right here in, in Northeast Agriculture, um, what are they called? Northeast Vocational Re School or yep. Regional, Vocational, Regional School. Vocational School. The Vocational Schools are really seeing an influx of students these days. As they should. Absolutely. Look, we need plumbers. We need electricians. We need cosmetologists. We need all of those types of jobs that are sitting right there where our children could continue their education and also get paid. A lot of opportunities because here's what the future looks like, folks. The future isn't about degrees because the, a degree, graduating from a college, might help you get your first job. But after that, nobody cares. You know what it's all about? skills that's right it's and, all about skills and how you how well prepared you are in the workplace how you perform in the workplace and that's what gets you your second job right or that's what moves you up the ladder so I, the idea that skills matter more than degrees has to be a theme that is planted in the heads of children parents employers we're looking for skills skills make us better Absolutely. if you're not getting the skills at college where are you going to get the skills 
Yeah, I and mean, that, you know, not everybody gets them at home. Um, you know, so you really have to figure out. I mean, I, am I skilled in plumbing? Absolutely not. No. I can't. I can't help my son with something like that. But, but re- you know, it's really funny, Marion, is many people will refuse to pay for a plumber or a carpenter or an electrician to come to their house because they say, "Oh, that's too expensive." But, but because, and they'll say, "I'll try to do it on my own. I'll go to Home Depot. I'll go to Lowe's. I'll try to figure it out first. But I'll look on YouTube. Right. You, <laughs> however, they won't think twice about paying for a service fee for DoorDash to be delivered, I know. or I a know. ticket surcharge, or whatever else it might well, be. Well, that is one thing I did. We did teach my son how to cook. Yeah, and, and that's very important. <laughs> so we're going to close out this this uh, podcast with a piece that was in investment news. It comes from um, Dreamboard. In 2023, they did a story. Dreamboard found people have considerable regret. I can't even speak. Have Regret. considerable regrets when it comes to college. And I thought this was interesting. Did you know that 45% of American adults wish they studied something else in college? Now that doesn't surprise me. That's adults. 38% of Gen Z Americans regret their college major. 50% of millennials regret their college major. 46% of Gen X Americans regret their college major. And 37% of even baby boomers regret their college major. So what does that tell you? Choose better. To, to, <laughs> to, to be a bit more thoughtful. Just That's You don't right. have to go the path that everybody said you have to go. That's right. Find your path. And if you don't know what you want to do, Take a year off. I don't think that's a bad thing. It, it, it is not as long as you can afford to take that year off. Just be well, productive with your time. Right. I mean, you can take a year off and work. Absolutely. Work and learn and gain skills. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. If you'd like to become a client of Friedman Financial, learn more about what we do, or if you just need some financial advice in a language you can understand, I hope you'll give us a call. 978-531-8108. That's 978 531 8108 or visit us on that thing called the World Wide Web. We're at FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Too easy to day. Financial.com. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll see you again next week with more financial advice in a language you can understand. During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Friedman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.